It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky PG, where that journey begins. Good evening, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your host, Chucky G, along with my partner in crime, Karen Frazier. Hello, Karen. Good evening. Good evening. By the way, just so you know, we are on, if you don't know anyways, I mean, how could you not know? We're on the Hazy Radio Network. Hazy we Radio are. Network. Best best radio ever. ever we are. Not because, I'm, not because we're on it, because it's good. Right. So what's new, Chuck? Ah, <laughs> uh, not too much. Um, I have uh, some investigations I've been lining up for in the dark investigations. We have one really cool, actually. It's going to be at the Arcada Theater. Um, it's going to be in March. It, the Arcada Theater was uh, ma- uh, made, wow, born, wow. No, let's try it again. It was Take built. Take <laughs> All right, it was built on Labor Day, September 6, 1926. And it did, like, silent movies and vaudeville acts. There have been a lot of really famous people there. Theaters um, are cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chicago. I've investigated a few in there. Yeah. I know, they're awesome. And so, yeah. you know, uh, Luke Millett went there with ghost tapes. And so I said, hey, can you hook me up with this lady? And he did. And th- she's a wonderful uh, lady. And uh, what's funny is I find out we're connected in other ways because she used to work at uh, a sci- the SciTech Museum where I used to work. So it's kind of funny. Small world, folks. So, you know. Cheers. But hey, tonight, I was going to give us different names, too. But first, tonight, our guest, Dr. Artie Sixkiller Clark. I just want to do it every time I say six killer. Um, <laughs> know, me too. I know, is it? Uh, uh, she was at one time. Yeah, there you go. One time she was a professor for Montana, Montana State University, amongst other things, just teachers in different venues. <laughs> You're having trouble tonight. I'm telling you, I can't talk. And um, she's also the author of several books, including the newest one, Sky People, Untold Stories of Alien Encountered in Mesoamerica. Mesoamerica. Here's, here's the deal. I told you this. I think last night when when you reminded me we were going to be talking about aliens tonight. Mm-hmm. Alien shows actually are the shows where I lay awake that night with my little hands around the blanket staring at the ceiling. <laughs> do you really? I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that theme song that I can't mention, and I was going to call I us know. like I was going to use names, the names you, you know for that. Well, see, I, was, I, I had messed up. I, I was going to do I'm Mox Folder and you're Saint Adeli. See, because now we're not doing anything bad. I am dull. You're right. (laughs) No, Karen, you are wonderful and beautiful. I am. Whose name are we not supposed to make fun of? Make fun of what? I didn't make fun of anybody's names. Oh, because I'm doing the. <clears throat> I can't mention the pl- the the name of the show because I'll get in trouble. So uh, no, that's I, I had to do those names because I couldn't use the real names. But I still wanted to be connected because it's all about aliens tonight, folks. Come on. It, yeah, it's, I like Saint Adoli. It I think it fits me. I know, and I, and I think Mox Folder is awesome. I don't I know. I just feel like Mox Folder. I might mm-hmm. accidentally drop an f bomb or something. It's just there's just. <laughs> Something in there that it's one of those names that you could just. So you're saying, yeah, you just want to go. Cheryl's Cheryl's like leaning right near the button. Is there a button actually, Cheryl? Do do we have a button in case I say that word or no? No, no. I just I just flat out do it. I I just I've only done it. I've only done it once. 
I heard you. You're like the rebel of radio. I am. I am. I'm a bad, a, a bad bleep. Can I say I'll, a badass? I, yeah, you can say badass. Okay, I'm yeah, badass. Because I, I asked about ass when I had In the Dark uh, Radio, and then Cheryl goes, yeah, you can say it. And I go, okay, S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S. If it, it's very, it's very lethargic. Uh, I want to say lethargic, but it's not lethargic, because that would be like I'm going, right? Would that be correct? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not like everybody on the radio. I tell you, I know. T- trust me, folks. I'm having a little bibble babble with the mouth tonight, but that's okay. It's I because know. I had a. It's okay. because I had a lot of coffee. I'm okay. wound up, but uh, it's going to be a good show. You're and you, you're wound up about aliens. Uh, oh, I am. I'm wound up about aliens, and yeah. the coffee's not helping, and I'm all excited, and yeah. it's okay because not only will you learn about aliens, you can get entertained by my idiot idiotism idiotism. As you can tell, it's it, the idiotism with this one is deep tonight. <laughs> All righty then. Well, hey. It's deep and wide like the Nile River. I tell you, it's okay. I promise I'll slow down and I will talk better and enunciate. See, it's, I can do it. It's okay. You, you know, it's okay. I Sometimes I'm wound up. <laughs> Actually, well, usually I'm, I'm wound up. So it's it's a nice change. Well, good. I have some crazy... I have some, you can see him. Karen, no one else can see him, but Karen, I have some crazy stories tonight for, uh, well, <clears throat> Cheryl, you know what time it is. When the world gets weird and things don't make any sense, it's news of the strange and the odd. Okay, what I'm going to try to do is speak clearly, slowly, so you understand me. Okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Teenager spent three years thinking she was dead due to walking corpse syndrome. Okay. Haley Smith, 17, suffered from ultra-rare illness, Cotard's syndrome. Sufferers generally believe they are dead, or body parts no longer exist. This is creepy. Some die from starvation as they feel they no longer have to eat. Miss Smith eventually overcame the condition with help of a therapist. And this is the weird part. Also credits Disney films with her recovery as they made her feel alive. Okay. A teenager spent three years of her life convinced she was dead due to a rare condition. I, I, I find that's really... Have you ever heard of this? Because I've never heard of this. Walking corpse syndrome, I actually have. It's a um, it's a psychological thing, isn't it? I, I would assume so. Yeah, I I've understand. heard of walking corpse. I didn't know it was um, Cotard. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that Disney films could help you recover from it either. But I don't um, know. You know. You know. Uh, here's the thing. I think Disney yes. films make me feel alive too. They do. I know, and there's, yeah. there's so many different ones. They probably made her feel happy, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm assuming, right? I mean, there you go. Here, That's I right. Don't, I don't, I don't want to mention any. mom is dead, but I'm alive. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really weird, though. I've No, seriously, I've never heard of this uh, walking corpse syndrome, so it was kind of like I was reading it. I was like, is this like pretend or is this real? No, no, but- I've actually think I've heard of it before. I mean, it seems it seems vaguely familiar, and I think it's I think it's purely a psychological. Okay, well, yeah, I would I would I would think so. Right. That's I mean, weird though, but that's so sad that you could actually starve because you don't feel you need to eat. That's kind of because I'm a ghost. That's kind of weird. I'm a zombie. Zombies. All right, folks, let's move on to the next one. Chad might like this one. Wormhole might exist in the Milky Way, allowing for space travel. 
Okay, so check this out. A new study has opened up the possibility that the center of our galaxy is actually a massive wormhole. A scientific, a science fiction staple, wormholes are theoretically shortcuts through the fabric of space-time that could enable a spacecraft to travel from one part of the universe to another in a matter of seconds without having to go through the space in between. Uh, even though no one direct, there's no direct evidence of wormholes existing, physicists have long speculated over the possibility. Even Albert Einstein proposed the idea of wormholes in his theory of general relativity. Now, thanks to a new study, however, the case for the existence of this portals have been given a significant boost. Astrophysicists from Italy, India, and the United States have published a new paper with mathematic evidence suggesting that the supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy might actually be a giant wormhole. If this turns out to be the case, it might even be possible that we are sitting on a variable intergalactic traveling hub that future explorers could use to reach even the most distance of galaxies. Is that pretty cool and, or what? And Voyager could finally find its way home. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would think so. I think it's pretty cool, though. I, I mean, think that's... I, you kidding me? That's ripping cool. I know. I mean... <laughs> You said ripping. I like that. It's ripping cool. It's ripping cool, folks. That's um, because I'm old and I don't have any of the new, the newfangled vocab. Okay, homie. No problem. Fiz- All right, f- then. Fishizzle, f- man. We were doing that in the chat room either. Fishizzle, jizzle. Fishizzle. <laughs> I don't speak izzle dizzle. <laughs> okay, now this one, this one's really sad because this is kind of wacky because, you know, weird things still happen in other countries that are, are just, I just, I just go, what? Okay, which doctor truth potion kills school bus driver? Okay, all right. In Kenya, a school bus driver died after drinking a potion brewed by a witch doctor to prove he had not stolen books, sparking angry protesters from villagers, a report said on Tuesday. The school directors in a village hired a witch doctor to seek out the thief of school books with the driver volunteering to drink a potion to prove he was innocent. Driver was dared to prove his innocence by drinking the mixture. The 33-year-old collapsed and died immediately after drinking this mixture. Furious villagers then took revenge on the school leaders by torching the school bus and the deputy director's house. Okay. <laughs> what the heck is going on in our world? Seriously. Well, it's a different society than ours, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I would suppose that's correct because I don't really have any witch doctors in my neighborhood. Nor would if someone said, well, I dare you to drink this, man, to prove that you're right and just hand me something. I'm not just going to drink it. Paint thinner I mean, or something, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, if, uh, and then of course, then they don't like the fact that he died after they forced him to drink it. So what they do, they just burn everything down. <sighs> I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Is, so, is this the world in which we live? This is the world in which we live. Oh, so see, there you go. That, that's what? your tag. That's your tagline for the show. What? what, what oh. or, I mean, for the news. This is the, the world in which we live. <laughs> Whoa, Karen, you did the deep bass voice. I like it. Do, do, do it again. Wait, do it again. Do it again. Uh, now I can't do it on demand. Oh, come on. No, why cool. did I sound like a dude? Yeah, you did. You sound like me. You're like, this is Karen Frazier. Just this try that. This is the world in which we live. This there. is Karen Frazier. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> there you go, Monster folks. trucks, monster trucks, monster trucks. <laughs> I am now out of a job because Karen has the bass voice. Very good. That's right. I'm a basso profundo. You know what I am? 
I am a Scandinavian subwoofer. That's what I am. You, I'm sorry, you're a Scandinavian subwoofer? Because I've got the deep subwoofer voice. Got and, the deep voice. And I'm Scandinavian. Don't I look now, it with my dark hair? Yes, you do. And you're in your white, pale skin. Yes, you do. You yes. look very Scandinavian. Yes. Well, I, I happen to be somewhat Scandinavian, so there you go. <laughs> and sometimes I use that bass voice when I'm, at, when I'm at work, too. You know, I don't yeah. know. It just, like, kicks in. I call it the radio voice, and sometimes uh-huh. it'll kick in. And, like, some yeah. guy will say, hey, you know, can you tell me a little bit about this printer? And I go, sure, not a problem. It's an HP printer, and it's a blah, 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 and it takes all this ink, and it's wonderful. And then I go, what the the heck am I doing? <laughs> Bob, you have won an <laughs> HP printer. <laughs> and people just look at me and go, is Chuck doing his radio voice? I cannot believe he's doing his radio voice at work. I have the radio voice too. And yeah. um, I don't do it all the way through the show, but I do have, you know, like when I'm I'm doing my intros and, and you know, the outros from the show and things, uh-huh. I, I kind of slip into the radio voice. And every once in a while, I will catch myself slipping into the radio voice in other <laughs> places as well. So I get it. Yeah, and, and I saw in the chat room, too, they're saying that every time they play our ad, it's the cooking music. Did you see that? The cooking music? Yeah, what, like what's the, that, that mean? The, you know, the piano music, when it's like, and it, oh, I guess uh-huh. they say it's like, it's like a cooking show music. I, I personally never heard piano music during cooking shows because my wife watches cooking shows all the friggin' time, and there's I never hear no piano music going, so I don't know. Uh, do you know? I mean, you you write cookbooks, so is this a true uh, statement? This is a I true don't. Statement? I've never heard no. I I've never heard piano music during a cooking show, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Okay, let's just check in. I just wanted to make sure because I wasn't really sure because, like I said, every time I watch like you know the cookie shows, I don't ever really hear that. You know, I I don't. So, anyway, so yeah, that's the the news is a strange and the odd for this week. Um, and it doesn't. And it amazes me that I never have a problem finding weird stuff. I just never have a problem finding weird stuff. Yes, it's a it's a cooking mama. It's a video game. It's a Nintendo DS title. Oh, that explains it. I do not have video game skills. Thanks, Bree. I know what Cooking Mama is. I, I understand the video game, so I didn't really, I didn't put two oh. and two together that it was cook. So, so you're like the Cooking Mama then. We're gonna call you I Karen, cooking, the Cooking Karen Mama. Karen, the Cooking Mama. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't. I, I wonder if I would like that. Probably not, because I like to cook real stuff. So. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's kind of like sexist, too, because you, you could be a cooking daddy, too, right? You don't have to be yeah, a cooking Jim, mama. Yeah, Jim actually cooked dinner tonight. <laughs> there you go, folks. Cooking dada. Cooking uh, mama. Cooked, cooking. He cooked what? two-thirds of dinner. What? What? what do you mean? What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. What do you he, mean two-thirds? Well, he cooked two things, and I cooked one thing. Well, all right. So what did you cook? I made mushrooms. You made the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So, so pretty much he made the whole meal, and you just made the fungus. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I can't eat mushrooms. Uh, that is correct, sir. You don't like mushrooms? <laughs> you just said that is correct, sir. No, I don't like That's mushrooms. That's right. I was, I was slipping into she, my courtroom. She, yes. I also have the courtroom persona because I was the guardian ad litem for a while, so I was slipping. Yes, yes, Your Honor. And, 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 you, and if you can see what she's doing, she leans forward into the microphone like she's in a courtroom when she's talking to me because I can see her. So this is kind yes, of funny. Yes, Your Honor. Okay, um, so I, I can't eat. Uh, I can't eat fungi. No, <laughs> Ugh, gross. I love mushrooms. I don't like them because they're rubbery. Like they're like. Well, did you ever wonder if maybe they have like spores in them, and so they go inside you, and they're going to hatch like aliens, and you're going to be like, yeah. like uh, that movie Alien, with the thing that comes out of your. 
Well, see, you just said spores. It's like it's like evasion of the body snatchers, you know, where they put the pod down. They go, that's okay, Chuck. Just go to sleep. Everything will be fine when you wake up. Do you know why I like mushrooms? Why? Because why of you? the danger. <laughs> because of the danger? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? Because you're going to turn into an alien mushroom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to wake up and have, like, the head shaped like a mushroom? Be like, oh, crap. No gonna be like the mushroom alien creature just like in in alien the movie out of my stomach you know oh we're gonna have to ask our guest if there's any such thing as alien mushroom head headed alien mushroom alien mushroom spores (laughs) wait someone mushrooms wait someone chat just said chuck doesn't eat fun guy oh fun guy (laughs) i get it That was really good, folks. Even even much. when he he's done with his show, he's still a presence on this show, folks. Mister Rick Hale. Oh yeah, and something. And Bree said sushi. Yeah, I, uh, I have a uh, I uh, uh, I have a thing with sushi too. <laughs> it's a uh, raw fish. I ain't eating that stuff. I don't care. If, it's, like well, one time, my buddy goes, "Here, try it. It's really good." I'm like, "All right, I'll try it." It was wrapped with rice, so I ta- I tasted most of the. There goes Canada. That's my BFF in there. Yeah, we always have this argument. Uh, and it was like rice, and so I ate a little bit, and I was like, uh, well, I guess it's okay. And he goes, do you know what was in there? I hate when people do that. You eat it, and then they want to tell you what's in there, because then I want to vomit. And he says, it's eel. I'm like, oh, I just ate eel? No, I'm sorry. Here's the deal. When you come to visit me, I won't tell you what anything is, and it will all taste fabulous. <laughs> All right. Well, as long as you don't tell me afterwards, because it's no. like I, I, I don't think you should tell either way. Like if you tell beforehand, then of course it ain't going in my mouth. No way, no how. But if you tell me afterwards, I might have this urge to vomit. So you know, we so just don't you're know. you're saying you're not an adventurous eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, unless chili dogs, pizza, spaghetti, uh, beef sandwiches, that kind of stuff. Oh, so. you're a dude. <laughs> Last I checked, yes. Well, there you go. That's what it is, then. <laughs> oh, it's is that what it is? It's oh, uh, we it's have this point off. Food. It's, it's dude, dude food. food. That's it's right. It's dude food. It's well, yeah, I like dude food. There's nothing wrong with dude food. Come on, there's Bob. Come on, Bob. You're in chat room and Chad. Don't you like dude food? Come on, dude speak food. up now. So, oh. are you um are you going to be watching the Super Bowl this weekend? No. <gasps> No, I don't watch football. Oh, that's right. My wife watch. <laughs> my wife watches football for the both of us. She's going to a Super Bowl party. I like mixed martial arts, boxing, that kind of stuff. I just don't. I mean, I just don't do football. I'm sorry. I I have no choice but to watch football. I'm kind of um, I would call it a football prisoner, perhaps. Why would you say football prisoner? Because I am married to the ultimate football fan. Oh. Right? Yes. And um plus I live in Washington state. And okay. this is the last week of my pain. <laughs> where all anything any all anybody wants to talk about is the Super Bowl. So two years now, two years I've had to deal with extended seasons and I you know, I I mean it's uh. okay. It's okay. <laughs> I like the way you said it. I did. I'm almost done with the pain because <laughs> I know how it is. My wife will come down and go, I'm trying to like watch something on TV. She'll go, um, it's okay if I use the big TV to watch the, the football game. I'm like, oh, for crying out loud. You're just going to watch the Bears lose anyways. 
fine, whatever, go ahead. Oh, that well, that's probably why you don't like it. But you know, Seattle's been on a, a they've they've done pretty well the last couple of years, and you know, won the Super Bowl last year, going to the Super Bowl this year, and that's unheard of. I mean, really, the last championship team Seattle had was like the nineteen seventy six SuperSonics or something like that. The Mariners have never gotten far. They did one year. The year I was pregnant with Tanner, they did okay. Yeah, well, so uh, we had eighty five. So you know, I mean, that's yeah. all we had. So. So I understand it's, you know, and so then what happens is we go through such a a drought with any sports glory that as soon as there's even like a whiff of it, everybody just goes, I can't say it because it's, um, it's not the F word, but it's the F word. They go ape bleat, you know, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, see, I have nothing against football. It's just, I don't. I know, I don't know. I just, I'm not into it. I have nothing against people who like football, but, you know, I'm just not into it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's my weekend. Jim's going to be at work, but if I don't watch the Super Bowl, then about 90% of the people I know are going to say, did you watch the Super Bowl? And I'm going to say no, and then I'll probably be stoned or something. I mean, not like good stoned. I mean, like people throwing stones at me like in the Bible. (laughs) You'll be like, be like, football loser. You don't want to watch football. Let's throw rocks at her. What the hell? <laughs> and yes. I can, I can be, I can be very Jesus-like and say, like, he, ye who is without disliking football among you, no, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. There you have it, folks. You've come to listen to a paranormal show. We talk about cooking, uh, football. What well, we did talk about? Yeah, we did. We talked about alien fungi. So that was good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, but you know, we had to bring up the food thing because I kept just seeing the everybody saying the food, the the, the piano music for the stars is kind of a little confused. But now I'm, I'm, it's all right. good. And I'm uh, starting a new cookbook tomorrow, so it seems appropriate. Ooh, nice! I'm still working on my book. It's a very, 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 very slow process. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like I do it for a while, and then I'm like, and I have nothing right, and then I, I don't know if that sounds right, and I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I will talk about it. Right. This is not the place or time, but we <laughs> had a conversation about this and what you need to do, and you're overthinking it. I know. I know. All right. Know. All right. So okay. um, are we almost ready to go to break? So we can. Are bring you on- tired of talking to me, or you just want to? No, 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 no. I just want to talk aliens. I kind of do too. So right. here's the deal. Okay. We will go to break. Okay. We will come back. Okay. And we are going to talk like I. We're going to scare the crap out of Karen. Yeah. Yep. Because that's that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. And um, so stick around, guys. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G on the Hazy Radio Network. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go to lunch? Having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for fast. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hale, host of Common Sense Paranormal. Listen to me on hazyradio.com, Thursday nights, 8 to 9 p.m. Central. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. 
I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at AuthorKarenFraser.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hello, we are back. You are listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with me, Chucky G, and my co-host, Miss Karen Frazier. We are now going to bring on our wonderful guest, Dr. Artie Sixkiller Clark. Good evening, Dr. Artie. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing good. Should I just call you Artie? Is that okay? Is sure, that allowed? That's great. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so uh, I see that you wrote a book called Sky People, Untold Stories of Alien Encounters in Mesoamerica. Right. Amongst other books, of course. But before we get into your book, would it be okay if we found out a little bit about you? Could you just give us a little bit about your, your background and history and how you got to this point? Well, you know, I'm a, a former teacher um, um, and um, an administrator and um, a university professor. Mm-hmm. I'm a professor emeritus at Montana State University. I'm retired, and um, I um, got start. You know, I back many years ago when I came to Montana State, I was. Um, um, one of one of my jobs, I was the director of the Center for Bilingual Multicultural Education, and we we worked with 29 different tribal groups in the Northern Plains region. And um, I went out to recruit students on a reservation. And um, after after I got finished with the students, uh, um, the person who had set up the the interviews with the students said, "Shall we go to dinner?" And so we went out to dinner and. On the way back through his reservation, he said, if you have a few minutes, I'd like to show you something. So he, he took me up in the mountains above his village, and he said, now, if we're lucky, they'll come. And I said, who? And he said, well, uh, the ancestors, the star people. And I was just quite amazed. And I, I thought, I wonder how many other tribal groups have stories of star uh, and, and he sat there and told me some of the ancient legends of his people. And so I just started out every time I would travel to a reservation or I'd go to a conference or I had a, a research project I was doing on a reservation, I would ask people, you know, do you have any star stories and uh, star legends? And, um, and then that just evolved into collecting all of these narratives about encounters and um but the so that was the result of of collecting all these stories of my interest and that resulted um in in my first book uh encounters with star people which were stories of of uh, american indians and alaskan natives um and then this book uh scott people you know, I've always had a fascination with with Mesoamerica, and that started when I was in high school because that time I had a teacher when I was about 15 or 16 years old. She handed me a copy of Incidents of Travel in Central America, the Chiapas and the Yucatan. And it was a story by um, John L. Stevens and 
Frederick Catherwood. They were two 19th century explorers who went to Mesoamerica in 1839. And the book was the story of their travels. And when they went there, nobody believed these cities even existed, but they had heard rumors of them. So they wanted to go on an exploration and see if they did exist. And Catherwood was an architect and an artist, and he drew the ancient cities, the most accurate um, uh, depictions of those cities, uh, you know, of that, um, of any, you know, it's amazing that we have that preservation of his work because so many of those cities, until they started being restored, were literally, you know, destroyed. Mm -hmm. And um, so I brought the book back to my teacher, and I said, you know, one of these days I'm going to follow in their footsteps. And she said, well, you might want to read Incidents of Travel in the Yucatan. Well, that chronicled their second trip. They went, they had to come home during their first trip because Catherwood got malaria and was seriously ill. But in 1841, they returned, but this time they just went to Mexico and to the Yucatan area. And I, I just was convinced that one day I was going to make this trip and I was going to go see all those sites that those two had seen. Well, in the meantime, you know, many things happened, uh, um, since they've been there, you know, uh, uh, and all these stories have come out about, um, that the, uh, Maya didn't build the cities, ancient astronauts came down and built the cities and all sorts of things. And so I figured, well, if Native Americans had stories about star people, and certainly there were stories about, um, um, sky people, that I was going to go down there and I was going to find out. And while I was following in their footsteps, I reached out to the Maya people and asked them if they had ever had any encounters. And that's how this book came about. Mm-hmm. So, so really quick, I have a question. What's the difference between star people and sky people? Because, you know, are they two sure different there things? There is a difference other okay. than then in in that part of the world they call them sky people more than they do star people which is you know we talk in american indian elders talk about star knowledge and star people and you know star travel and um and down there they talk about people coming from the sky mm-hmm. so that's the, that but there is really no difference okay yeah cuz i mean to us i i would assume that that means to us, that would mean aliens. Is that correct? I mean, the yes. same thing? Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Um, so you took a, when I read it, it said you took a seven-year adventure. Right. Through all, all these different places. I mean, what was that like, just to do that in itself? Well, it was amazing. I, You know, I, I, I think I came away a much different person. Um, I certainly had an appreciation for the simple life that the Maya people live and the way they live and the joy that they find in living, I immerse myself in many of the communities. I um, became one of them and they got really, um, so that they were felt very comfortable with me. 
um, I dress like them. I, you know, I went to funerals. I went to weddings. I went to um, uh, all sorts of celebrations, births, um, and uh, I just wanted the people to know that I had a tremendous amount of respect for them, and um, and I hope that I think I achieved that. So when you look at Native American or Mesoamerican cultures, are there cultural markers that you can see that, or um, cultural traditions, things like that, that came from the star people? No, I don't. I, you know, I would, I, I, I can't answer that because I don't know that. I know that uh, in Maya country, um, they tell me, I mean, I attended a number of ceremonies, and they tell me that they always chant in their language because that's the language that the, that the Scott people talk. Um, and they have certain rituals where they are calling on the spirits in the universe. Um, and although it's similar to what um, Native people do, the Native Americans do, you know, the Maya, you know, they all seek out a mountaintop. They use a lot of corn in their ceremonies and fire, or if you go up to, you know, like on many of the Native American tribes, at least out here in the Northern Plains area, use sweat lodges in a lot of their ceremonies. So, you know, they're all calling on ancestors or or in the case of the Maya, you know, it's more of the sky people they're communicating with. Um, but I think you find that as well in, in uh, American, among American Indians. So, but I don't know that their ceremonies have anything to do with, with something they brought here from the stars. I know the, the Maya tell me that, and, and what's interesting about them to me is they really are the only people that, that did not get a Messiah that came to them and taught them how to live and mm. taught them how to pray or taught them how to live a good life. Um, and they tell me that you know, that knowledge was brought with them when they came here. Um, and and I think that's unique because when when the Spanish conquistadors came to that part of the world, the Maya did not look upon them as gods like the Aztecs did. The Maya, you know, the Maya elders, and Maya elders tell me, you know, we didn't see them as gods. We had our own gods, and they weren't these these white men. And we didn't think their civilization was advanced because we were from an advanced civilization. And we knew what that was, and theirs wasn't advanced. And I thought that was an interesting observation. So then they feel that they they descended from the star people and that they came here from somewhere else? Is that what I understand well, you to you be know, saying? Several of them told me that. Others told me other stories. Uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, the sad thing about the Maya and, and uh, um, you know, they, they had a writing system. And they recorded their history and their religion and their culture in books. But the Catholics, you know, Bishop Blanda, who came to the Yucatan 
absolutely. He burned them all except three of them that ended up in Europe before he got a hold of them. He destroyed all their religious artifacts. He he tried, you know, he if their leaders, if their spiritual leaders would not convert, he he had them killed. And so you have a, a, um, a an inquisition that took place in Mexico, and he was recalled to Spain for what he had done, but it was too late to to recoup all that he had all that he had destroyed. So when you lose your 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 sacred books, you, you lose your history, you lose your leaders, your spiritual leaders. What do you have left? You know, how does the next generation carry on? Well, they only carry on because of what one generation can pass to another, and it simply was too complicated and too intricate for that to ever carry forth and complete. Um, it was a major catastrophe for the Maya people, and they have never recovered from it. Was it, was it due to fear? Is that why this all took place? What do you mean due to fear? The, the well, Spanish had a lot more power than they had because, you know, their weaponry. Right, exactly. But I'm just saying, why would they destroy all that? What, what was the purpose? Was it because well, they were afraid of them? Or? It, was, it was a heathen religion. You know, all the things, and, and even the writing was considered barbaric and, and related to Satan. I mean, you've got to think of, uh, you know, that time period. They were still burning people at the stake for being witches. Mm-hmm. And so here they come in there and, and so ignorant of any other way of life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, just destroyed everything. Now, I see there's like, uh, in your collection of stories, there are all sorts of different beings, like sky gods, giants, little people. Can you kind of explain some of the differences of some of those? Because I'm kind of interested in that. Well, you know, um, the little people of the Maya are the Aleutians. And, you know, if you uh, uh, read that that one chapter in in the the book that uh, talks about the little people of El Rey. El Rey is a is an ancient site right outside of Cancun. It's almost within the city limits of Cancun. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you go there, you you could look up and see the Sheraton Hotel, you know, uh, uh, up above. And uh, um, but there, I met a man who talked about the Aleutians, and he said that few people ever see them because they're so capable. Of so many disguises, mm-hmm. but they, they, much of the time he said they masquerade as lifeless forms, but they also impersonate snakes and monkeys and parrots and lizards and all sorts of things, but he said that they impersonate the iguana most of all, and if you've ever been in that part of the world, I'm sure that, that you've seen iguana at mm-hmm. least uh, in certain sites. Uh, he says they're ancient spirits, that they lived on Earth since it was formed, and he said that um, his grandfather told him they were the first inhabitants of the planet. And when the Maya came, they befriended the little people. And uh, he said that, that uh, they, can, they can be very vindictive, and uh, most of the time they're happy and playful, but they can get very angry. And he said the, 
uh, it's good to keep them happy, he told me. And he said, and they like Coca-Cola. <laughs> really? <laughs> There's a commercial so for you. Well, <laughs> Ray, I certainly left him a, a, a bottle of Coca-Cola <laughs> because there were iguanas everywhere. Wow. So what? And then, so if we're ta- so we talk little people, giants. Are we talking like, you know, I've seen like television programs where uh, there were a giant species of humanoid on Earth. Is that what we're talking about, or is it different, or? Well, you know, um, you know, if you if you read chapter twenty three, the star men of the Guatemalan jungle, there the elder uh, tells me the story about the giants who come from the sky, mm-hmm. and that they have been known to steal women and children, and so when they he says no one goes into the jungle at night or into the mountains because they're fearful, and when they return, that. Um, that they they uh, uh, stay inside because uh, they know. And then they also distinguish, I don't know if you remember the chapter where the little boy goes into the cave and finds a skeleton, and all he finds is a skull, and he brings it back. His grandfather's very upset because he said, you know, it was sacred and they shouldn't have taken it out of this cave. Uh-huh. So he goes back into the cave and he tries to hide the skull, but he can't find the burial site. So he takes it out into the jungle and he buries it there. And his grandfather's still not happy. And when they hear about a man up along the Guatemalan border who knows about these giants from the sky, and so they take that skull, they make this trip and they take this skull to this man. And the man tells them that it was a giant of the blue kind. So they make a distinction between regular giants who come from the sky and the blue giants that are what they say is extinct now. Mm-hmm. And, and that, but they were a blue giant that walked that part of the world. Hmm. So, uh, all right, so we got giants, we have the little people. Now, um, you know, like to us, or at least from my understanding, you know, we talk about like the greys and such like that. Are those uh, are those talked about in the cultures that you've dealt with too, or? Well, I think that's uh, uh, you know you you see those in in um, uh, some of the stories like uh, where the uh, the the female was abducted and she was she was. Um, impregnated mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I think you know those and and then some of them talked about the, the eyes that look like goggles mm-hmm. some of them talked about eyes that wrapped around the side of the face do you recall that uh, so, yeah, heard, you know yeah. there were different kinds of creatures that they saw and even one story I collected was about a, a, a creature that was almost like a lizard wow so all right, so we have all these. Now, is there, they keep, you know, they, they keep coming back to us. They keep coming back here to our planet anyways. Is there specific reasons? Have you found, like, a correlation between the specific reasons why they come back? Is it, is it to, to look over right. us? Is it to, Each you know one I mean? of them has a different purpose. Okay. Um, I think, you know, that, that uh, the grays come to, 
to uh, they experiment on people. Perhaps they are making hybrid people. Perhaps you know um, mm-hmm. uh, some come to observe. I recently interviewed um, someone who had worked at NASA during the uh, the years of our uh, uh, going to the moon. Right, and he told me that not only are there several different um, um, different uh, species out there, mm-hmm. but he said that are visiting Earth. But he said that they are more concerned with the planet than they are with the people. Really, he said the people are not their priority. He said, "What is their?" The planet is their priority. And he suggested to me that's one of the reasons why they visit nuclear areas. That's why mm-hmm. one of the reasons why oh. soldiers always see them on the battlefield. Um, because they want, they don't care about the people because he said they look upon human beings as, as so medieval that they could care less about them. But what they care about is this gem of a planet out here that could be used for other inhabitants. Hmm. So I thought that was a rather bold statement. And it may very well be what's going on. Yeah. You know, Stephen Hawkins warns us not to be out there trying to find other other species and other inhabited planets because he said they can be like Columbus and do what to us what Columbus did to the American Indian. <laughs> you know, you never think of that, I suppose, from from our standpoint. But yeah, that's a really good point. So I have a question from Chad, and what he wants to know is what you think about some of the old tales talking about how we originated from beneath the earth. Do you believe any of the tales about the hollow earth? Well, I haven't come across anything like that. You know, I, I um, you know, I've come across stories of of, of um, ancient legends of populations that you know came out of the earth. Uh, when I was in Mexico, the Zapotec tell me they they came out of earth. They were made of rocks. You know, and obviously the Hopi talk about coming out of earth. Um, when uh, the, there's a, a Cherokee story that when they came to to the southeastern uh, part of the United States, there were um, a blue-skinned uh, small people that lived in, in under the earth, uh, and they would come out at, at night and they would uh, harvest their crops and grow little gardens and tend their gardens, and they would harvest them and go back in, take the food underground, and they lived underground. Um, so there are many stories like that. But as far as as uh, knowing if there is an inner earth or populated inner earth, certainly, you know, the Paiute chief that talks about, you know, going into um, uh, the mountains um, down in, in Nevada. Uh, um, it's an ancient story where he he had lost his wife and he he just wanted to die. And so he says that he would go find the Havamus have a masseuse or have a masseuse or something like that. Anyway, he goes searching for them and he gets up into the mountains and one of them approaches him and tells him to go back and he says, no, he he he, he wants to go with them because he doesn't want to go back. He wants to end his life. So they take him inside this mountain 
and he says that it was lighted underneath. It was just absolutely marvelous, this world they lived in and they created underground. And that he stayed there for for quite a while. And then they finally told him, you know, now that you're healed and you're feeling better, you need to go back to your people. You need to go back and teach your people some things, uh, ways of doing. So when he goes back, his people had already had a ceremony for for his death. And he tells them all these wondrous things. Um, there There's a story around Superstition Mountain that talks about these little people that that farmed the valley floors but lived inside the mountains. And there was a, a white woman with tremendous power who protected them. And the the Apache tell a story of how the, the Zuni said she belonged to them. And so they sent all these warriors out to capture her. And when when they got there, she threw balls of lightning and, and explosions that killed half of the warriors and the rest were in retreat. And the Apaches sat over on the other mountain and watched all this happen, just, just, you know, just amazed at what her ability was. But she protected these, these small people. And the story is that later they were never seen again. And, and some people say that she took them to the stars and some people say they live inside the mountain. So there are many stories out there, whether, you know, um, um, I'm sure there's some truth in all of them. But, mm. our, you know, the only thing you find in Maya country are the, the huge tunnel systems that are there. Interesting. And, you know, there's all kinds of tunnels and caves. Really? Uh, well, I... Now and and those are all from ancient times, right? But they are they still used today? Well, no, because so many of them have been closed up. I was in one and and went quite a distance in one in Guatemala, but you know uh, they have so many earthquakes in that part of the world. Yeah, that, you know that they they've collapsed. You know, even yeah. some sites that I visited, some of the structures have collapsed from earthquakes. So. Um, um, at one time, they they were they told me that you know the story was that they were they connected all the way to Mexico City, you know some of the places in Guatemala wow. underground, but but they're no longer passable because of earthquakes. Sure, Artie, we have come to the top of the hour and we need to take a break. Can you stick around for another segment with us? Sure. All right, cool. So here's what we're going to do, everybody. We are going to take a break. We are talking um, Mesoamerican sky people and Native American sky people. So stick around. We'll be right back. It's Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Frazier. I'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio. In the dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G. We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com. You are a waste. 
a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Babies, you got to just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun arises right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon. You've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You got to know, you got to get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey, Hazy Radio listeners. Do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Are you looking for a show that puts the paranormal in a different light? A show that shoots straight from the hip? A show where the knowledge of paranormal is number one? Then join Rick Hale, former co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, for his new show, Common Sense Paranormal, where paranormal straight talk is what it's all about. Every Thursday night from 9 to 10 Eastern, right here on the Hazy Radio Network.
for days past is still holding out in Calais. This is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. Hello, this is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. I'm your host, Chucky e. G. I'm here with Karen Fraser on the Hazy Radio Network, along with our guest, Dr. Artie Sixkiller Clark, and we are talking about aliens, aren't we, Karen? We are. Like I say, alien stories are the ones that keep me awake, yes. but it's all good. That's okay. So, do do you have a question, or you want me to jump in first? I actually have a question from <gasps> from Chad. Okay, go ahead. Shoot. And he he wants to know what is a skinwalker, and how does it relate to what you've heard? Well, um, skinwalkers um, are are different in in different cultures, and and. Uh, uh, I I didn't deal with skinwalkers, you know. I dealt, dealt with shapeshifters, but not with skinwalkers. Um, and and you know, it's something that is not, you know, something that I like to talk about um, because I think it's it's um, it's something that's unique to each each culture, and it has to do with um, things that. That um, I don't know. It's just um, you know, like the Navajo believe in in, in skinwalkers, mm-hmm. and you know they have the ability to turn into an animal mm-hmm. um, and to transform, um, and they they can behave like that animal. And I, you know. It's a supernatural power that they have, and um, um, I just, because it is related to the supernatural, I just don't feel that comfortable in talking about it. Fair but, enough. Well, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, I, I understand. So let's, let's talk, let's go back a little bit and let's talk about the most common things people relate to when you talk about aliens. So let's start with Roswell, for instance. Um, what are your thoughts on what happened there? Um, do you have your own beliefs on what transpired? Or, you know, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think Roswell happened. And, you know, I, I interviewed someone from that part of the world who told me that his grandfather, when he was a young man, at the right around the time of Roswell, mm-hmm. there was another spacecraft that crashed, and they found, he and two of his friends found an alien wandering in the desert, and that he was wounded. They took him, and they protected him. They took him to a safe place where the government couldn't find him. And they buried him when he died. But they stayed with him so he would not die alone. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And and his, you know, he was, you know, didn't doubt his grandfather's story at all. 
Okay. But this happened down in that part of the world. And, you know, there was also, you know, rumors of, you know, that crash at Aztec yes. in New Mexico mm-hmm. and Roswell. And th- th- there's been some indication of people, you know, who were in that area that, um, that in those days, uh, the, um, perhaps it was radar that was interfering with, with spacecraft that was causing them to crash. And whether that's true or not, but I have heard accounts of that. Mm-hmm. And that would explain, perhaps, why some of those crashes took place in that part of the, the, the world. So you're, so you're saying... They had, um, you know, the, um, what, the atomic bombs were being mm-hmm. developed there and all right. sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was the, the White Sands nuclear testing right. range or something right there. Yeah. And so you you may have had all that come together at once and have that, but but he he told me that that his grandfather, you know, told him this story when he was a young man, mm-hmm. that they had found they had, there were a group of them that were out in the desert, and they found this man from the stars, and he was severely wounded, and that. He knew he was going to die, but he did not want anyone to get a hold of him. Mm. And so they they hid him and stayed with him until he died, and they buried him in the desert. Wow. And that story is told in my first book, Encounters. Mm. Now, now, you said when you were, we talked earlier before break, you were talking about how... Um, the the alien species are coming down to Earth, but it's more to watch over Earth as a whole versus us as a species because we're kind of like medievals per se. Right. Um, but 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 um, so do you not believe that that any of the because you know I'm assuming there's got to be di- you know, we talked about different species of aliens. Right. So uh, uh, is there like no truth to the? The rumors or hearsay that they're sharing tech with us, and we're doing you know re- uh, you know reverse, t- you know doing reverse technology that kind of stuff. Is do you think that is not a true uh, true ha- thing that's happening? Or well, you know, it could be with with some of the species, I'm sure, but uh, you know, to what extent, you know, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. you've got. Um, like I said, you've got a lot of different species out there, and a lot of them visiting Earth. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, they don't particularly want to make contact, and if they are working with the government, it certainly is a big secret thing. Mm-hmm. And and if you're talking about, like, um, what's happening in, in New Mexico and the mountains uh, around Archaluta, Mesa, you know, you're talking about... Um, uh, uh, a big, gov- you know, government cons- a conspiracy or whatever, but a government cooperation mm-hmm. of allowing them to abduct humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I uh, recently talked to a man down there who told me about, and I had never heard that story before, about a, a, a Navajo woman that had been found uh, running along the river there. Uh, completely naked, and she claimed she had been she had escaped from that facility, and mm-hmm. that they were doing horrendous things. Now, this this of course happened many years ago, but right. that that she was never heard from again. Hmm. And he believed that he said we didn't even know her name, 
and he believed that she was taken immediately when she was taken to uh, by the government and probably taken back inside. Well, there are a lot of stories of alien abduction that, you know, they sort of start back, uh, Betty and Barney Hill in the, I think it was the late 60s, I think. Yeah, and um, I, so what do you think of those stories? And and if you think that the alien abduction is truly happening, why do you think it's happening? Have you gleaned anything on that from your research? Well, you know, what people tell me, that it's a number of things. Um there, there are groups that are, are abducting people strictly for scientific research. Uh, whether they're using sperm and, um, uh, DNA, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, create, um, other, uh, creatures or other beings. I have people tell me that they were cloning people so they could inhabit another planet. Um, I have had people tell me that they are taking DNA so that they can improve um, because they have become so mechanical. And, you know, and, and it, it's kind of interesting what they're saying because, you know, if you look at, into the future where it looks like medicine is going, for example, is that, that the day the, they're saying that the day is going to come I just read an article yesterday that said the day is going to come when there's going to be um, uh, people that are half machines, which will prolong their lives indefinitely. And hmm. these people will be the wealthy people of the world, and yeah. the naturals will be the people who don't have that, don't have access to those kind of things. So you have two classes of, of people existing. Well, if if that is our future, I think, you know, there are people on, there are not people, but beings on other planets that already are into that, that have already achieved that. And they perhaps are looking for some way to be more human now. Oh, okay. They have advanced so much and are so much, you know, have you ever... Listen to some of the descriptions that people give. They talk about how they don't walk, they kind of float, or they have the power of a superhuman. Um, and they have, um, I've had a lot of people who talk about the faces, and instead of these big black eyes, they talk about goggles, or they talk about, um, one man told me he thinks that they're computers. Hmm. And so they can, their eyes are just computers because he says you can't see any any pupils or anything, and he thinks that they're computers that are built into them so that they can operate and do all these things on your body without hmm. having, you know. And so I, I think those are interesting ideas that people are pr- pr- putting forth. Um, yeah, they are. <laughs> there are beings out there that are more mechanical because they chose to be, and now they want to be more like humans. And so they are taking parts of our bodies, and they are uh, trying to be more human. Um, I had an Indian woman tell me that that uh, she had been uh, abducted all of her life, and she said, you know, they 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 told me back. She said before anybody knew about DNA, she said they told me that my molecules were like those. 
was more like theirs than anybody, and that's the reason they kept coming back and taking samples. And she said, well, I don't understand this. My molecules are like yours. And they said, well, you will one day because oh. your people will call it DNA. Oh, really? And so she said, I went home, and she said, I had this spiral notebook, and she walked over to her kitchen drawer, and she pulled out this spiral notebook. She put it on the table in front of me, and she says, now look at that. And at the top, she had 1974 written on it. And she wrote the word molecule and DNA. She didn't know what either one of them meant. And she told me, I still don't know what either one of them mean, but I hear Mari, <laughs> the Mari show, and CSI talk about it all the time. <laughs> wow. That's and when a, you think about that, I mean, this alien told her. And she had this in an old, old notebook. And she would write down things in this notebook. Every year she would write down words she didn't understand or things that happened. You know, it was just an interesting, it was a history of her life practically. And every year she would start a, start a different page. She'd have the year in there and this date said 1974. Wow, that's fascinating. And the, the alien race told her they kept coming back because her DNA was most like theirs. Hmm. Wow. That's bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you about a couple of other uh, phenomena that are often um, associated, not necessarily, by, by other people, not necessarily uh, rightly so, with aliens. And those are the phenomena, of course, um, crop circles and cattle mutilation. Do you think that those have anything at all to do with aliens? And if so, what do you think it, it has to do with Well, that? I don't know about um, crop circles because I'm certainly not an expert in that area. I think they're quite beautiful. And if there is a message, I wish I could understand what it is. Um, but I do think... Uh, absolutely, that cattle mutilations have to do with aliens. I absolutely believe that. Um, when I was in Tulum, no, not Tulum, Coba, uh, which is about 30 miles from Tulum. Tulum is an ancient Maya city right on the Caribbean Sea, just a beautiful city there that they built. And, and the Maya were famous for trading throughout um, uh, South America, and uh, it was a port city where other traders would come in. And um, it's also the the place of the ascending God. So you have this God that is believed to be coming down from the sky, and he is pictured throughout the city. But 30 miles from there into the jungles is a, a place called Koba. And Koba is famous because it's not visited by a lot of, a lot of uh, tourists because it is in the jungle. It's mosquitoes are everywhere and but it does have the largest pyramid in Mexico and um, I went there and and um, you know they have these uh, these bicycle guides that will take you around uh, or drive you around off bicycles because it's such far distances to walk mm -hmm. in the jungle and it's hot I mean really hot and um Anyway, this young man, he told me the story that, you know, he lived in the village, and, and Koba is surrounded by a lot of waterways and lakes and rivers and stuff. And um, 
he told me that he was walking home one night from work and he said he saw this disc come over this lake and the next thing he knew he saw them take an alligator or not an alligator, a crocodile and he said he stayed hidden uh, among the reeds there on the on the bank hoping they wouldn't take him and then he went home and he told his wife never let our kids out at night and don't you ever go out at night because this is what I saw so he didn't tell anybody else he said two days later, he's walking along the same road pathway, actually, with his friend who also worked at Koba. And he said, the craft came back, it hovered over the lake, it dumped out this crocodile and took another. And I said, well, uh, could you tell anything about the crocodile? He said, other than it was dead, I couldn't tell anything. So here you have an eyewitness to an account mm-hmm. of of actually taking, um, you know, a, 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 a crocodile. Mm-hmm. In my first book, I write about these hunters that see a buffalo being thrown out of a spacecraft after it had been mutilated. So, you know, if you think about, you know, obviously... Cattle and horses can be detected, what they're doing to them. Mm-hmm. But if you also think about there are a lot of animals on this planet that they could be experimenting on as well mm-hmm. that um, that people would never see yeah. because they're in remote areas. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and you think about, like, then you can put that in perspective of, like, when they talk about chupacabra and chickens and all that kind of stuff. So what what's to say that that stuff is not the same thing happening, you know what I mean? That's kind of like, interesting. You know, when I was in Honduras, I talked to a rancher whose um, cattle uh, had been mutilated, and he had hired these two men to guard his cattle at night. And he told me that what would happen to them, their eyeballs had been removed, their um, private parts had been removed, their their um, uh, tongue had been removed, and he said, but there was no blood, in the, and, and, and nobody knew what was causing this. He had uh, had university professors out, he had had, had uh, scientists out there looking at him, and so he hired these, these guards to protect his cattle at night. And he, he said, uh, but it didn't stop. And so I talked to his, uh, I went to the plaza that night, and, and he came with his wife and his two workers. And he introduced me to his two workers. And I asked him, I said, well, did uh, anything unusual happen that night? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them said, well, there was a light in the sky. And he said, but... Um, when I started to turn around and get a good look at it, all of a sudden, all of these pin bricks, just like I was being, thousands of pins were sticking into me, and I couldn't move. And after that, he said, I don't remember anything until the next morning. Uh-huh. I didn't know that the cattle were killed until mm-hmm. the next evening when I reported to work. Mm-hmm. And the other one said the same thing happened to him 
So, you know, when you stop and think about, you know, I mean, I've heard before of those kind of things of the paralysis, but not the pins pricking into him. He said, you know, it was like he was, he was every pore in his body had a pin sticking into it. Mm -hmm. So here's a question that I just thought of. What, all right. So they, they mutilate, they mutilate cattle and alligators and all these different animals and different species. Why? Do they take human beings, do whatever they, they're going to do, and then return them versus animals? They just pretty much, you know, do whatever they want and just chuck them out of the spaceship and stuff. You know, I mean, what's the... Well, you know, um, you know, I talk about this in my book, you know, because it, it has something that's always interested me, Chuck. Okay. You know, what happens to all of these people? Now, you know, say, say, um, uh, a half a million people disappear a year. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that. Yep. Yeah, and you and and then you've got half of those. You can explain they either were runaways, or it was um, it was uh, foul play. But what about the rest of them? Yep. Now I had an elder tell me that if you wanted to go with them. Uh -huh. You can go. And oh. he said they always take people that have no connections, who've given up on life, or who want to go. Mm -hmm. And they take that's, them with them. Well, that's kind of, I mean, no offense, but that's it's kind of creepy, you know, when you, when you start talking about the missing people. And, you know, because that was my correlation, too. It's like... Uh, but then you say that if they want if they want to go with them, they can go with them. So right. um, so it's a it's a conscious. Is it because is it because like us, they have feelings they they can understand. I mean, you know, what I'm saying I know I understand. Well, and perhaps the race of people who take them do understand that if they would be changing the course of history mm -hmm. if they took somebody that didn't want to go or who still had relatives or uh you know uh had had could be traced you know have family here on earth yeah because you would be but if somebody has given up on life and doesn't want to live and agrees to go say yes i want to go okay then it's fine to take them okay all right um so i don't know if that would change the course of history or not probably would if somebody committed suicide at least somebody would impact somebody you would think but oh yeah well especially if there a lot of people are, are leaving to go with them also i'm sure it has to change something you know, you know I mean? on, on the reservation i i interviewed this um this uh man who told me the story of the family that had had disappeared and he said he went over to their place their their place was about two or three miles from from his place he said he went over there and and there was still food on the on the on the stove. The, mm -hmm. they, it looked like the family had been eating, and and then they were just gone. Whoa! And and the story that was being told, you know, everybody said they they just decided to go with the star people. That's so that's... you know, uh, and I can remember when I was a kid. A family of 14 disappearing like that. No way. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, I mean, they disappeared. <laughs> Nobody ever knew. I mean, they had the FBI and everybody looking for this family, and nobody ever knew what happened to them. You're kidding me. 
Oh, and I can remember seeing the billboards when I was a kid with all their pictures on it, you know, on the highway, um, huh. looking for this, looking for this family. Wow, that's um, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me awake at night, right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Maybe the family decided to go with them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. I mean, if I thought that if somebody gave me the opportunity to go away on a spaceship and I didn't have family as attachments that I felt needed me, I think that I would take the opportunity. Well, in, in the new book I'm writing, I'm writing a story about such an opportunity and it's uh-huh. really an amazing story but I'm not going to tell anybody right now what it's okay. all about okay. but it's an amazing story is it? Is it fiction? oh no oh I mean, it's oh. oh no I don't know if it really happened but I know that the family came up missing mm-hmm. wow well one of my favorite works of fiction ever is a book called The Sparrow and a lot of people don't know the book The Sparrow but it's about um a priest who goes on an excursion to a, a different planet. And uh, so to me, the thought of, you know, traveling somewhere to another world is fascinating, just fascinating because what would it be like, you know, how, how would we be in a different world if we weren't, you know, if we, what, what are their values and how does it differ from ours? All of that stuff is fascinating to me. Well, just think about American Indians that were taken back to to England and paraded before the Queen, or you know the young Hawaiian princess who was taken there and dressed in in uh, in clothing uh, of that time and taken out of the islands, the only world she ever knew, and you know it would be the same thing. You know, you would suddenly find yourself in a world that, you know, you really didn't understand and didn't know how to function in. And it would take you a very long time to adapt. Oh, I I would think so. (laughs) I had elders tell me that that, uh, um, there are cities of crystal. As one elder said, I would like to go there. Oh, yeah. Um, There are... uh, there are worlds where uh, the, the the creatures are nothing but energies of light, and when they visit our planet, they can become like human. They can shape shift into any form, so that if they go to another planet, they assume the identity of the of the um, uh, major inhabitants of that of hmm. that planet. <laughs> so there are a lot of different different stories out there and I think I think Scott people really sheds a lot of light on the different possibilities from the stories that you know the Maya and the American Indian are people who basically have not talked about their encounters because yeah. nobody has ever been able to go in there and you know a lot of researchers just go in and they look at things and they say, oh, that's what it is. You know, just like the ancient astronaut theory and the cow out of out of Palenque being an ancient astronaut. I mean, you know, obviously he's not an ancient astronaut. He is, you know, traveling to the underworld 
in, uh, on the, you know, but they took the, the, the carving on the sarcophagus and said, well, he's an ancient astronaut. <coughs> this is an outsider taking his culture and his beliefs and his world vision and his ethnocentric ideas and saying, this is what this means without ever talking to the people. Right. And, and, and what I try to do is talk to the people and let them tell their stories. I love that. I That's fabulous. I don't, I don't question the truth in them. I don't question. I believe them, you know, because they have no reason to lie to me. Yeah. Um, They don't want to, they don't want fame or fortune or anything else. They just tell a story. And the last thing they want is people coming and traipsing all over and asking questions and bringing film crews. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because a lot of people want that. Well, yeah, but, but, you know, and I've been asked by a number of different TV channels, mm-hmm. you know, if I will take them or if I will introduce them or if I will be on their shows, and I just refuse to do it because Good I'm not you. going to exploit the people who help me bring these stories to light. I have nothing but respect for that. That's fantastic. You know, so, I just, go ahead. Not, I, I just am not going to do it, you know. Good for you. Good for you. Well, so I have one more question just so that I can lay awake tonight staring at the ceiling. Are they walking among us? Yes. Oh, at God, least. I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. you were going to say yes to that question. Yeah, if, if, if I'm to believe, and I do believe, the people I've interviewed, I would say yes. Okay. Now, I think it would be... Um, I think, you know, there, I heard two different stories. I heard, um, on several different occasions of people observing, uh, aliens being brought down from the sky and taken to airports or driven off a reservation or different things. I had a, a woman in Alaska, tell me, she came up to me and she said, I know you only collect uh, stories from indigenous people. And she says, I'm not indigenous, but I have a story to tell. And I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to tell you my story. And I said, well, I'd love to hear your story. And she tells me about going shopping. She and her friend, they spent the day shopping. They were coming back in the late evening just starting to get dark. And as they rounded this turn, they saw this automobile protruding out of this mountain like it was stuck inside this mountain. And she looked at her friend and she said, did you see what I saw? And her friend said, yes. How did that get up there? So they went to the first turnaround, headed back toward the city, came to that spot, and they saw a UFO lowering this car down to the highway. Well, they followed the car, and it went to the airport. And they pulled in behind, and they saw these people get out that looked like they were humans, only they weren't dressed appropriate for Alaskan weather. Mm-hmm. They stumbled into the airport. They had no no bags or anything. And the driver, she said, came around the back, and was staring at them like, you know, in an intimidating 
way, and a cop came up, an airport cop came up and told him to move. And she wanted to follow him, and her mm. friend was just absolutely frantic. She said, if you don't stop this car and let me out of here right now, I'm jumping out, because who knows what he could do to us. Mm. And um, so she said, I saw this happen. She said, now my husband is a pastor of one of the churches in town, and she said, I do not lie. And I'm telling you, I saw this happen. I saw him take them to the airport. Mm-hmm. And I had another gentleman tell me that on his reservation, he took me out into one of his fields and he showed me where where an, uh, a UFO um, uh, hovered and a perfect circle of where this UFO would hover and it would come back to the same location. It would lower an automobile. People would get inside, the, or it would have people inside this automobile that looked like humans, but that he would drive them, and he said, look at these car tracks. I don't even own a car. I have never owned a car. But look at these car tracks on my property that lead to the highway. And he said they do that all the time. Hmm. And he had friends that cooperated his story. Now, since you're talking about this, it kind of led me into what I was going to ask you, which is one of the questions that we didn't touch on, was the men in black. Like the, you know, like the atypical, these guys are just in black suits and they're pretty much like no emotion kind of people uh, guarding the secrets of aliens or people who have seen them so it doesn't get out. What's your thoughts on the, what's your thoughts on that? Is it kind of the same as what you're kind of talking about? Like when you talked about that one guy kind of giving that mean look, that's kind of like yeah. what brought it to my attention, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I, I haven't encountered the men in black. Although I have a friend down in New Mexico that's very worried that I'm going to get a visit. <laughs> <laughs> if you do, you need to give us a call. Yes. Well, he's very concerned about me because he thinks that what I'm writing is something that, that the government may not want me to write. And I, I don't know about that because, like I say, I haven't gotten a visit yet. But um, um, I just... Uh, uh, I, I, so I'm, I just don't know who the men in black are. Mm-hmm. Some well, people say that they're, okay. they're from the government. Some people say they're from space. Yep. I don't know. Huh. Well, if you, get a, if you get a visit from the men in black, you know how to get a hold of Cheryl. You let yes, us know. We'll have, you, we'll have you back on. So, um, And that means I wanted to let you know we have come to the part of our show that we like to uh, let our guests shamelessly self-promote. So if you could tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your books, that would be great. Well, you know, I have a web, a web page, www.sixkiller.com. And uh, you can write me, uh, Ardy, A-R-D-Y, at SixKiller.com if you have any questions for me, if you want to tell me any stories, because I have a lot of readers that write and tell me about uh, encounters they've had. Uh, I don't have a staff. It's just me. So if you write me, I'll read your email, and I'll answer you. Um, might take me a day or two, but I'll get back to you. Um my first book was Encounters with Star People, uh, Untold Stories of American Indians. And this new book um, uh, that was just published in December is Scott People, uh, Alien Encounters in Mesoamerica. Um, 
they're both for sale on Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble. In fact, I think you can pick Scott people up in Barnes and Noble. So, Great. Um, in, in the bookstores. Fantastic. Um, so if you, you know, if you have any questions after you read, a, read the book or any comments, you know, don't hesitate to call me. Great. Dr. Artie, it has been absolutely fascinating, if not a little disturbing, but that's just me. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, and I, I have really enjoyed talking to you. And when you come out with that next book, let Cheryl know, and we'll talk to you again. How's that sound? I sure will, because I am working on it. I've, I've got all the chapters together, but it's just the first write. You know, i got to go down and edit it, and it'll be another year, I'm sure, before I finally get the final touches on it. But... Uh, yeah, it'll be forthcoming. Well, great. We'll look forward to that. And um, I've really enjoyed hearing your stories and, and talking to you. Have well, a, I've enjoyed talking to you guys. Yeah. Well, and Thanks. much success with your next book as well. Thank you. Good Thank night. You. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All right. Well, let me see. I might be taking Benadryl or something tonight so I can <laughs> sleep. That is some creepy stuff. Well, but it's fascinating too. Yes, it's very cool. It was yeah. Well, at first we start off like it's like, ooh, this is very interesting, and yeah, you know, kind of academic. Yeah, academic. Yeah, yeah. The real world. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, at the end, we get home with all this weird stuff. I'm like, oh my god. Well, so that just happened, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was great. I know she, she was absolutely great, and I hope that you guys will will check out her books because. I think you'll learn something. And I have to explain because at one time Cheryl did type in, I can hear Chuck laughing. That was, uh, that was only because we started the getting to the, yeah, the terrifying expression on Karen's face when they started talking about taking people away and not bringing them back. <laughs> it was, you know what got me? It was the dead alligator and the family of, what did you say, like 18? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like 14, That's 18 or something. They, they, they're just, just took them and they're gone. I'm like, gone. They just take them and they're gone? <laughs> like their dinner sitting on the table? Yeah. Like the water's still running in the sink? <laughs> yep. And they're just gone. They just took them. There you go. <gasps> Holy Moses. That's all I, I can say. Wow. I but I was kind of surprised because I, I, I didn't know that was Coke was their big thing because I always thought it was Reese's Pieces. I mean, from E.T. it was always Reese's Pieces. Well, I guess we know who got the um, advertising contract with <laughs> with Steven Spielberg for that one, right? Yeah, really. All the poor that aliens. Was are Steven, all... That was a Steven Spielberg movie, right? Yes. Yeah. All the yeah. All the aliens are hopped up on caffeine, so you know. Hopped it's... up on caffeine. I know. Uh, uh, hopped up. But all right. So, so wait, wait, wait. I have a question for you. What? I, I get a chance to ask her, so maybe you can explain this to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm an alien expert. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. Um, we talked about the Mayans, okay? Yeah. Was, the Mayans were actually an alien. Uh, they were aliens, per se. You know, they were alien species. They came down here. Um, correct. Uh, I, that is what correct? I gleaned okay. from that. Okay. So then if they were, I don't understand this, and I didn't get a chance to ask her. Maybe I'll have to text her and see what she says. But um, how could Spanish... This, Spanish conquerors and whatever come over and just wipe them out and take them out when these guys are supposed to be intellectually way more advanced than we are. I mean, why didn't, why don't, I don't understand. You know, they have spaceships and all that stuff. They didn't have spaceships when they came here then, or they didn't have like weapons or, you know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? 
Cheryl's just uh, Cheryl. Do you I, have any, I, Cheryl? I, do you have anything to say about this? You, you live with Chad, so I'm, come on. I'm dumbfounded. I know that's what that's the face that Karen just gave me. She's like, I don't know. She can see. She can see I, me. Yeah, okay. Cheryl can I, see me. Can. Because because um, you know, you think I I know this sounds stupid, but you know, like laser guns or you know, I mean, come on, something. They're just gonna if these guys were so advanced, how did they just let them just get trampled on? That's what I don't understand. I guess right. that there are different ways of being advanced would be my answer. All right, bring her back on. Bring her back on. Let's go. No, I just... um, no, we let her go. She feels our show is late at night, and I would not like to bring her back on in case, you know, like, it's even later. <laughs> yes, I know. She, she brought that up. It was a little, it was a little you guys, late. You guys are on late at night. I'm thinking, no, it's early for me. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, I mean, well, I thought she was I, in, in Montana, wasn't she? No, maybe not. I don't know. Where, where, is, I, where was she, Cheryl? Where is she from? Uh, well, I, I, some, I don't know. I thought Montana as well, but I can't say for sure. She can't be because it's not late in Montana. It's the same no. time as it. Oh, well, maybe Eastern Montana. It's yeah, an it hour she, later. She does. She lives in Montana, actually. Oh. I just, yeah, I just reread it. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't know. Well, I felt back. I'm like, I didn't want her to be tired or anything. But I think she had a good time. She's on. She had fun. Yeah, she, she, yeah she was great. I liked mm-hmm. her. I liked awesome. her very much. So, hey, um, just before we, you know, do our wrap-up of the show, I have to ask you about the big story that keeps appearing in my freaking Facebook feed. And I have absolutely no opinion about it, but a lot of people seem to. What's They're that? remaking Ghostbusters with an all-female cast. Now, people <laughs> seem angry. Guys. Dudes seem angry about, like parabros seem angry about this. Uh huh. I'm I'm not angry about this because they're you know women. I think that's kind of a good idea actually to flip the coin. I think that's great. I think there's a couple choices I'm not too thrilled about in the people who are playing the Ghostbusters. Uh, okay, wait. As far as, yes, has this been? Is this like a done deal? I didn't realize. Yeah, this was a they name. named, yeah. they oh, named yeah. them. It's Ooh. like Kristen Wig and um, yeah. uh, the Mike and Molly gal, whose name yeah, I never Melissa remember. McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, that's the and, one I have a problem with. Oh, you don't like her? No, I like her. I think she's funny. I just don't think that that suits the Ghostbusters. I mean, okay, all right. I guess you know Bill Murray's kind of out there too, but um, I don't know. I think she just. You know, because all the movies have been like Tammy and all these, you know, just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem, I think it's going to be like a little too over. The, I don't want it to be too over the top. You get That's what, I'm what I've heard. I've heard a lot of, well, I'm worried it's going to be too slapsticky kind of thing. That's yes. what I've heard people say. Yes, yes because yeah. it was like, because, because it's like the Ghostbusters is funny because, they, you know, they're trying to be just, they're, they're, they're trying to be normal people. Uh, you know, even Bill Murray is just that goofy Science is trying to pick up on chicks, but but they're still trying to be people per se that fit in the realm of what a real person might be. Versus, let's just go way over the top and get all like goofy, slapsticky, and then that that's that's not going to work. You know what I mean? That's the whole yeah. reason the first one works. You know? So. Well, so I'm going to say to you the thing that I always have said that horrifies Rick. Mm-hmm. I have never seen Ghostbusters from start to finish. I've only seen parts of it. I've never seen the whole. <gasps> what? So I, yeah, I went to see Ghostbusters in the theater on a date with, he was then my high school boyfriend. Yeah. And um, his back started hurting, and he, so we left in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen the entire movie. Oh, my I God. just see bits and pieces of it. 
<laughs> I just saw she says I'm sitting here shaking my head. I and know. And the chat says physical comedy, Chuck. I love physical comedy. I grew up with um, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, Abbott and Costello, Three Stooges. I like all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if we could keep it a little more real and have that comedy, I think it would just work better. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I so, think Cheryl. I oh, think what? we Sorry. need the original cast back. I have reservations about this whole uh, thing. Wait, aren't isn't one of them dead? No. What? Yes. Oh, he is. Yes. Oh, darn! Yes. I forgot about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, Harold Ramis is dead. So yes. I think that you need to be careful when you that, say things. That is so insensitive. That Cheryl. is. I totally forgot about that, and I apologize. That that you would be should. kind of hard. Yes. You or should. It could be like wait. Possible. It could be like Weekend at Bernie's. They just prop them up. Uh-huh. And okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Karen gives me a hard time for saying that, and then she's all good with Weekend at Bernie's. All right. Nice. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Um. So Cheryl. Yes. Do you have any magazine news? And <gasps> no, even better. What? Even what, better. How dare you? What's next? What's next? How week? dare you? All right. Let's oh, skip, Cheryl. Let's get magazine news and uh, go straight to next week. Go straight to next week. In fact, Karen, Karen, you want the honors on this one or what? Tip it, box. I'm, I'm, I feel I'm going to be mm-hmm. sick next week, and I'm going to need a... Uh, no, so- no, you're not. We're to the show. Divot box. We're going to be talking to Jason Haxton. He's got some... He, he sent Cheryl and I a little little list of things. He's got some Divot box updates. Let's just say that. Oh, God. I'm going to have to wear the pens that night. Do a little oh, protection so ritual, and you'll be fine. You'll be okay. It's going to be great. That's what they're all saying, people. I'm going to be okay as I burst in the flames in the middle of the show. Well, mm-hmm. it could happen. <laughs> Cheryl and I Cheryl and I have <laughs> talked <laughs> several times to Jason, and we're still here. We are. We've made it. Yeah. We've talked about I was ex- you know, three, I was expecting, four times. Oh, no, Chuck, it's okay. Not, oh, oh, yeah, well, it could happen. I'm just going to tell you. So give me talks next week, you yeah. guys. Have to come back for that because... T- Tibic box. Uh, so, Cheryl, now with the very few minutes we have left, magazine news. Uh, yes, please do. Come by paranormalunderground.net and check out Paranormal Underground magazine. And um, we are going to have a great January issue. I will just let you check it out and uh, have a good read and send us your suggestions to editor at paranormalunderground.net. We need your dreams. <laughs> oh, please. Give us, give us yes. your dreams. How about Karen we needs need your dreams no? to analyze. So don't That's be right. shy. You need, to, you need to send them to me. Or I'm going to have to start like visiting you in the night while you sleep psychically and sucking them out of your heads, and you don't want that to happen. So oh, yeah, Karen that's not creepy. Aliens, you're going to suck out their thought juice out of their brains. Oh, my God. I need to analyze your dreams, people. Please send them to editor at paranormalunderground.net. I, if you have a recurring dream, if you have a dream symbol you see a lot, if you just have something you're wondering about, Chuck has had a great experience with my dream yes. analysis and can tell you that it works. It does. It works beautifully. As have I many times, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Yeah. And, Chad yes. said, man, and Chad says, man up, Chuck. I am a man, pal. so um please send us your dreams to editor at paranormalunderground.net or you can also you know drop cheryl a note on facebook through paranormal underground's facebook page yes or if you're on if you're on my facebook page um and some people are 
Please do, because we don't want Karen sucking the juice out of your brains or anything. No, I'm gonna. I, you know, I'm tired of talking about my dreams. I had to talk about my dreams this uh, this issue. Okay. So yeah, there you we, go. We don't want. Yeah, we don't want that happening. Well, now wait, but you just do dreams. You can't like do an. Are nightmares different? No, nightmares are dreams. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So they're all. See, I thought dreams were like. Oh, no, they don't have to be like rainbows and rainbows and po- ponies and bunny farts. They can be horrifying as well. <laughs> I think bunny farts are kind of horrifying. I don't know. I guess it's all your perception. It's all of your perception, folks. Does anybody think bunny farts are bad? Because I think they're bad. Oh, so Bry says that I will never talk to her again, and that's just not true. Um, you can send it in anonymously, and I won't even know that you're the crazy one. So it all works out. And not yeah. only that, but the crazier your dreams seem, really the more rational they wind up being an interpretation. It's I've had dreams where I woke up and I thought, well, I better commit myself today. And as soon as I start to analyze them, go through the symbols, they make perfect sense, and I'm so relieved I'm not nuts. Did you see Crystal's well, comment? Well, it's not going FR now. She says Crystal thinks that now she's going to dream about Karen coming to her in the night and sucking yeah. out her brain. Yeah. Well, I'll let me know because yeah. I'll analyze that for you, Crystal. <laughs> and she'll look like an alien, too. Oh, and look at Callie Girl said she'll step it, she'll step in there for me. See, Chad said man it up, and she's she's backing yeah, me that's, up. That's yeah. Cheryl's daughter. Yeah, yes. you're awesome. Yeah. You thank you so much yeah. for stepping That's right. All right, so this is it. We are up against the wall. We are out of time. Please come back next week because we are going to be talking to Dybbuk Box. I hope that you'll join us. Start early, uh, you know, at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern to listen to Common Sense Paranormal with Rick Hale because why wouldn't you? And then stick around and listen to us and that is from 7 to 9 Pacific and um, that makes it, what, 10 to, not 13, 10 12. Don't even. <laughs> 10 to midnight Eastern. Yeah, we're done, folks. <laughs> and other it is times late. in the flyover state. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground yeah. Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G on the Hazy Radio Network. Good night. Good night. If you'd like to guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something.